Comedy is such a great thing. I mean, my favorite comedian of all time, I think, is probably Robin Williams. I met him once. It was great. He was just himself, you know, going out to a diner to get breakfast at three in the morning in Manhattan. It was a, it was a great experience. I was playing a theater in Northern California in Mill Valley, and it was my show. And I walk into my green room and Robin Williams was there. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite gripping investigations ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free true crime. That's amazon.com slash ad-free true crime to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello and welcome to Best Case, Worst Case. This is Jim Clemente, retired FBI profile, former New York City prosecutor and writer-producer of Criminal Minds. And with me today in that ugly sweater again is... It's Christmas time. And hi, everybody. It's Francie Hakes, former state and federal prosecutor. And Jim, I'm very excited to say this is our continuation of our holiday cheer series with the incredible comedian who this time, because we were chastised so strongly last time, I'll introduce myself <laughs> with us today. Everybody returning. We've dragged him back in is the inimitable, according to Jim Clemente, Orny Adams. Thank hey, you. Orny. Thank you for not making me say that. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for having Welcome. me back. I just want to interrupt this episode really quickly, Orny. I need to show you something. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. This could oh, be bad. This, she's left the screen for the people listening. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I, I Jim, just, this oh. is out of, good Lord. What Look at in the earth is that? Now, everybody listening to Best Case, Worst Case, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you can see what I'm doing right now, which is showing my beautiful blue-eyed kitty, Bella, um, who's very difficult to hold because she's so large. <laughs> but I just well, wanted to show her off this way. She's bigger than my dog, okay? That's well, what I want to say. She's bigger than Buddy. She is, she is <laughs> massive. And that hair, it must be in everything. Yes, it is in pretty much everything. I mean, she well, looks like she could play the lion in The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> She's got the same sort of mane, the yes. same sort of, you know, wants confidence. <laughs> so to all our well, best case, worst case listeners, this is what you're missing by not subscribing on Patreon. You too can see images of my lion-like Kitty Bella, who is a beautiful rag doll with blue eyes. Well worth uh, the subscription. More, <laughs> more like kind of like a polar bear. That's she the size is of this much animal. more like a bear. In fact, her nickname is Bear. We call her the Bear. But um, there you but go. anyway, Orny, this is so exciting to have you back for our holiday cheer episode. I feel like this is now going to become an annual tradition, just like my lovely Santa sweater that I know <laughs> Jim loves so lovely. much, which has I, I glittery silver stars and Santa. Right, Orny? Yeah, I want to say on the record, I like your sweater. And I think it's in the spirit of Christmas. Uh, in fact, wow. I don't think it's ugly enough. I think <laughs> it's a very safe color. It's like a, uh, a black sweater and it's got white and the Santas are the traditional looking Santas. They're it's, dancing Santas though. It's They're a, dancing it's Santas. Dancing. I would, I would say it's a safe holiday sweater. You're hedging, mm. you're hedging your bet there. You didn't go you're all right. in. 
Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mm. quite commit to the ugly, ugly Christmas sweater. I like the safe Santa sweater. You're right. There are some little like sparkly things and little sparkly ornaments. So there's only like four. See, now you can see the whole sweater. There's like five yeah. or six Santas. That's it. Five or six. Not that elaborate. <laughs> I mean, They're if you fancy. want a really ugly, I saw one really ugly, like the ugliest Christmas sweater I've ever seen. I, and I was like, what is that? And I got close. I, I was like, wait, is is that Jim Clemente ah! on the sweater? <laughs> that, uh, Jim on I a, must uh, have been. Did I? But have did you I ever have seen a... the Jim as Jesus candle? Uh, no, Party? don't go there, no. please. Uh, no. there, there was a somebody there was at a, Crime Con. There was a Jim Clemente candle where he was like in Jesus regalia on it. the side of a candle. It was yes. yeah, it was a it little. Was... I have to admit, I still have nightmares about it. Yeah, it's quite yeah. offensive. Anyway, so Orny, <laughs> we have to get back to cases because, you know, yes, I, ha I have one that I think you will appreciate. And this is a couple that came home and they were, you know, hanging out in their living room or whatever. And the husband says something funny to the wife and they hear laughter coming out of the closet. There was a burglar in the closet and he revealed himself because he couldn't stop laughing at what the husband said. I thought maybe this was Orny's home, but yeah. uh, apparently it wasn't at your house. But what do you think about that? What kind of an idiot? Uh, I would say he was definitely intoxicated. <laughs> Probably. I would also like to know. He's what the one that drank the whiskey. We got yes, it. There you go. That was from the, the last case. episode. Yeah. But Jim, what did the husband say? I need to know, I need to see a transcript of what the husband I, said to understand. Maybe it was just undeniably funny. And there, well, there's that possibility. I yeah, feel like it, it had to been. be at a comedian's house, Orny. I mean, what criminal is gonna be so weak as to laugh hard enough from the closet, which by the way, oh my God, this is so scary, actually. This is yes. like every scary horror movie ever. Yeah. So really, Orny, to your point in our last episode talking about serial killers, now there's something funny about them. I feel like a guy who stands in the closet while the husband and wife are standing around talking is not just there to be a burglar. Something else is happening. Yeah, I feel like, was he, uh, I don't know, if you say this, pleasuring himself? Like, what was <laughs> he... What was he doing in the closet? Jim, <laughs> he was hiding he when the like, family came it's home. It's like he's, he's one of us, Jim. He's definitely become it is. one of us. All right. But, you know, I told you I curated these or we curated these. We picked these out for just for you. But so the, that, the joke part of the last one was the important thing. But in this one. But wait a minute. This, we're not done with this story. Yet, yes, are we? we are, because <laughs> I don't know what he actually said. We don't know you anything don't know else about it, Orny. I know. So what, what, we just read a headline and then bring That's it on it. the show? That's it. Right, You're but wait. Us the, look bad. the next Orny, one goes back. Us look bad. This is definitely best case, worst guest. No question. <laughs> yes, that's what I said. Yep. So there was a trio of drug thieves, and it was their lucky day. They broke into a home in Silver Springs, Florida, and discovered three jars of cocaine. They took it home and snorted the contents. That's when they discovered... It had fentanyl in it. The jars were, in fact, urns, that, and they were s snorting the cremains of the victim's husband and two dogs. 
You just invented a word, cremains. Yeah, that's, that's, like, that's a real word. Oh, it is? Cremains is a real word. You said re-cremated. You said re-cremated in your, in your in Yeah, your I, I know cremation. Re-cremated? What is that about? <laughs> no, it's a whole nother thing. I have a whole joke about... Uh, yes, that's yeah, why I, I picked whole... this one. Yes, oh, okay. I thought you would relate. <laughs> I, I absolutely relate. First of all, cremains is a word? It yes. is now. For cremated no, remains. It is. Cremated okay. remains. I learned something. I like that. Um, Did you yeah. not ever hear the, the story, Orny, about that horrific guy right here in Georgia and North Georgia mountains who was supposed to be cremating people's loved ones? And in fact, he was stacking them up somewhere else and he was just handing them like pet cremains and like dried uh, dust from concrete. And really the people were somewhere else. That's when I first uh, learned the term cremains. So you you discovered this word late in your life, the word cremains. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you didn't have to be sure. And so you didn't have to learn the word publicly on a podcast <laughs> like right now and be <laughs> shamed. <laughs> you know, nope. I did nope. go to Emory. <laughs> Maybe that's that why you don't know the word cremains. I'm not going to say, but I yeah. went to Georgia, so we know uh, what cremains are. No, you don't. You Georgia after Georgia, you learn this I later know. in your life. Oh, wait, Georgia is the entire name of your school. Georgia, that's a state. That's not a school. No, everyone that goes here knows it's just called Georgia. It's Georgia, Georgia Tech, Emory. It's all everyone knows. Wait, what's Georgia though? Georgia, Georgia is what? the University of Georgia. Uh, the Georgia Ah, Bulldogs. the University of Georgia. No, yeah, everyone doesn't know. It's called Georgia. Yes, everyone knows. Not they everyone gotta, knows. Georgia. He went to Emory. Okay, you got to listen to me, everybody. You okay. got to label your remains, okay? <laughs> listen, <laughs> on the counter, you got the jar that says sugar, that says flour. It's got. You got to have cremains. It's got to say cremains because the last thing you want is somebody to break into your home and snort grandpa, okay? Snort. His final resting place isn't up some white trash burglar's nose. Let's, <laughs> let's put it as blunt as possible, okay? So I blame them too. I blame them because they went the cheapest option. The cheapest option is cremating somebody, but to not pay the extra $200 for the urn, to put them in, you know, a jar. A Maybe jar. a mason jar here in Georgia. And here's the other thing that, that makes me, yeah, Mason Jar, of course, that makes me a little bit suspicious about this is if you've seen cremains, and for the listeners who aren't familiar with that word, it's the same, it's what we call ashes, okay? <laughs> but the fancy people, the Francies in the in the gym, Clementes, the people that are in the legal system and have to have, you know, Latin words for things, okay? <laughs> Cremania, okay? <laughs> it, it's just ashes. Voir dire. Yeah, voir dire, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, we, we we got jury duty. They're back there with their Latin terms. Oh, I'm all, we got, what are you up to? Oh, going to do vaudois. Going to get my croissant and have some vaudois. You should have seen this vaudois. Give me my legal pad. Yeah, give me a leak because uh, the regular size pad is too short for me. I have so much to say. I can't just go on to another page. I mean, enough with this bullshit. Seriously, now I'm fired up. Label your ashes. And here's the other thing. Okay, ashes don't look like ashes. There's chunks in there. So I don't yes. believe this. I just don't believe it. And the other thing is the street value of ashes can be as much as cocaine. And, and 
start. And here's the other thing, everybody. Start lacing your ashes, ashes with fentanyl because <laughs> that will put an end to this. That's the best revenge. Sure. I yes. can sort of see that. It really is. Well, Francie, Orny certainly has our number as, as lawyers and former prosecutors. Yes, he certainly it's, does, although wow. I have to admit, I'm not like sitting in the back of the courtroom smoking my cigar with the little case on the end with my finger in the air. But mm -hmm. it made me sound that way, Orny. Okay. But you do throw things. That's what I've heard. So, two two guys, <laughs> two guys decided yeah. that they would they would rob a target on the back to school event day because they would they figured so many people would be coming in with so much oh, everybody would be busy and there would be so much money in the tills that they decided this is the best day to do it so they break in with guns and there's all these coppers they order everyone on the ground and half the people got on the ground the other half didn't because it was I, cop, the cop day yeah oh. It was shop with a cop day. So all of the people that were shopping each had a cop with them. They were underprivileged people, you know, kids and stuff who who were out there shopping. I did that. I did that back in Virginia and actually met some amazing people. But nobody broke in to try to to rob the target that day. But these guys had 500 cops aiming guns at them. So it was back to jail for them. We, Fun, did, right? we did a we did a story once on my podcast about, or maybe it was another podcast with you or, or KFI when we're on the radio about the the criminals that decided to hold up a bar and they were having a retirement party for an <laughs> officer there that night. They had bought out the bar and they had just, it was one hundred percent cops. See, you know that's when you know. But Orny, you were just talking about your podcast, and um, I want to make sure we get in. The name What's of your podcast, where people, where people can find you and your website again, because we talked about it last episode, because you travel the country doing comedy shows, which God knows everyone oh. in this country could use a little more comedy in their lives. Yes. Yeah. You know, the, the thing is, you have to laugh at all this stuff. There's not enough laughing anymore. Uh, oh, yeah. And people are all concerned about what I can say or can't say, or is this safe? And Believe me, I, I, I'm down for being sensitive and I'm down for everything that people are fighting for. But I also think that you just have to laugh. And a lot of the times we have these thoughts in our heads, but we're saying, no, don't say it. Don't say it. But they're there. So I invite everyone to come out and see a show and laugh and have a good time. My tour schedule is up at orneyadams.com. My podcast, which Jim Clante is a frequent guest, uh, is called What's Wrong with Orny Adams. And that's everywhere. And there's uh, some of the uh, videos up on YouTube, plenty of with me and Jim. And the newer episodes are up on my Patreon. And mm -hmm. I would I would put these uh, episodes up on Patreon, uh, too. If you guys want to release them to sure. me, I'd be happy to. Why not? Put them up. 100%. But let me yeah. let Why me not? just ask you something. I've always wanted to know this. And Francie, I'm sure, is wondering him herself. Um, when you say uh, the title of your podcast, is it what's wrong, comma? with Orny Adams or what's wrong with Orny Adams? It's yeah. both. I was thinking it's, the latter. Really? Oh, well, that's nice of you. Uh, <laughs> it was going to be called what's wrong with Francie's sweater. But... <laughs> you said you liked my sweater. Oh, well... until you attacked me, it changed my view. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something, okay? This, and you need to know this because as a prosecutor, there has to be likability. 
<laughs> and the same with comedy. If there isn't likability, the case can turn like that. Yeah. So true. when I do stand-up comedy, and maybe Jim can comment on this because he saw three shows this past weekend. Jim, how much does likability play into uh, an audience member when it comes well, to watching comedy? I will say this, that, you know, I've been to a number of comedy shows and some comedians um, are not likable. Some comedians uh, almost put up a wall between them and the audience. And it's really sad because then no matter how loud or how funny they get, they're, they've already kind of shot themselves in the foot. But what Orny always does is he makes it real. You know, he comes out in a way that, you know, everybody likes him and he's, he's open and vulnerable and engaging. And he doesn't get pit. Like when somebody says something goofy or tries to harangue him from the audience or something, he, he does it. He does it. He deals with them in a way that makes them and everybody else laugh. And it's not, it's not at all antagonistic. I've, I've seen Orny now over well over a dozen times. Right. And, mm-hmm. and especially this weekend when I got to see him three times in a row, I, I felt like here's a guy who absolutely knows how to interact with people. You know, that's the big, that's a really big thing for comedy. You have to make everybody. And what's great when you see him live is you know, it's, there's a, there's an atmosphere in the room and you can't get that. Although his specials online are great. You get even more when you're actually in the room with them and you feel his energy. And I'm sure he's feeding off the energy of the crowd and then he gives it right back to us. It was just great. Yeah. And these shows are well over an hour. And then afterwards I do a meet and greet and I sell merchandise. I've got all different shirts and different hats and stickers and some other novelty items. Do you have any and- candles? Candles like Jesus I, on it? Not, not, not. <laughs> They're coming. Not yet. They're coming. Clemente. They're coming. <laughs> yeah. Now I know what I'm going to get them for the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> but as, after the show, sometimes Jim will hang out with me and do the meet and greet and help me, you know, sell the keep, merchandise, keep the loonies away, keep the loonies at bay, whatever it is. Yes. It's it's not easy. You, you should know, that, call it weed the wackos, Orny. Believe me, it yeah. works. <laughs> but we spend about an hour after the show just talking to people, taking pictures, and uh, mostly trying to sell the merchandise. But <laughs> can people buy your merchandise on your web website, Orny? Yes, they can. We ship items every day. Ornyadams.com. We'll have to go yeah. there just to oh. see if a Orny as Jesus candle appears. I'll be looking. But, I'm not going to promise to buy, but I'll be looking. But here's the truth, and I mean this because you can watch, you can you know buy merchandise, you can uh, you can uh, subscribe to my Patreon. But just taking my content and sharing it with other people means more to me than anything. So if you watch my special More Than Loud on YouTube, which is just hit, it's about to hit five million views oh my god if you just share that with yeah if you share that with people that means more to me than anything i just want people to see what i'm working so hard on uh you know i i'm fortunate i've done well enough that i'm a, at a point in my life where now it's sort of like i just i want people to enjoy it
You've got a dead body, Inspector. I may be able to help with that. This winter, all your favourite detectives are streaming on BritBox. Don't miss exclusive new seasons of Death in Paradise. There must be something we've missed. Vera. It wasn't an accident, was it, love? Father Brown. What did he look like? And more. Once you start investigating, you won't want to stop. We're done when I say we're done. Stream your favourite detectives only on BritBox. Start a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Comedy is such a great thing. I mean, my favorite comedian of all time, I think, is probably was Robin Williams. And Mm. I just thought that he was a genius. And it was just incredible to kind of watch him, like you talk about interacting with your audience. And like you said on the last episode with this Lithuanian uh, person, to me, that requires a level of not just likability, which you have to have, but also a level of speed that your brain works. And I think you have that in common with really great trial lawyers because things come I up. I thought you were going to say Robin Williams, a, but okay. Oh, no, but him too. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I mean oh, yeah, but yeah. I don't know him. I know trial lawyers, so I'm just talking yeah. from experience. But I think that's such an incredible gift that you have because- I mean, making people laugh is just an an incredible skill and talent. And, you know, I think that you and other comedians like you, but you make it look so effortless when you're funny. And I know it really isn't because you write and you think and you talk about Mm -hmm. these things, but it just looks effortless. And to me, that's the most amazing thing about really great comedy. But to a great degree, it is effortless. It is like in casual conversation, it is, it is very easy. Uh, I, I will say this, and I know I wrote about it and I just, it was so many years ago, so I don't even know where the blog exists. And I've talked about it maybe one or two times. I won't tell the whole story today, but I was playing a theater in Northern California, in Mill Valley, California, and it was my show. And I walk into my green room and Robin Williams was there. <gasps> and I, I'd never met Robin before. And I didn't even know how to act, but I didn't want to gush. And I immediately created a very awkward situation and I needed to remedy it. And I tell the story and uh, Robin asked to go on the show. And he said, it might be best if I go on after you, which is kind of an arrogant thing to say, but understandably he's, you know, the he's one of the biggest of all, one of the greatest. And he sat backstage and listened to my entire show. I could hear him laughing uh, to the side. And he came out afterwards. I brought him out. And it was it was, it was an amazing night. And we became uh, friends after that. Oh. And uh, this will sort of sound like bragging, but I, I, I take great pride in this. Uh, after that night, Robin would show up at clubs I was performing at and sit in the back with a hat and a disguise almost. And the club would call and say, hey, Robin Williams is here to watch you. And I'm like, is he going on? Like, no, no, he just wants to watch you. And one night I said to him, I said, uh, 
And two people have told me things are compliments in my life that I will never, I'm taking it to the crematorium. I will never, (laughs) uh, I will never. And and that's Robin Williams and uh, the late Robin Williams and the late Gary Shamlin. Both paid me the highest compliments that I think a, a performer could pay another performer. And I asked Robin, I said, why, why do you keep coming to my shows? And what he said blew my mind. And to just know an Academy Award winning actor and somebody that I would watch anytime he was on a show. I would watch him anytime he was on The Tonight Show because I knew he wasn't going to stay on that couch. I didn't know what was going to happen. And the the way his <laughs> right. mind worked was so beautiful. So to have the respect of somebody like that um, means more to me than anything. I, I, in my career, and I'm very honest about this, and it, it would always drive my reps crazy because I would talk about it publicly. I never achieved the commercial success that I I wanted to. And to me, that feels like a little bit of a, a failure. And I've come to terms with no. it as I've gotten older. But to know that people like Robin Williams, and there was a time Jerry Seinfeld was uh, really vocally behind me and probably s- still is. I just haven't talked to him. And the Gary Shandlings. And, and all these big people really support my comedy uh, means more to me than than anything. Wow. There's no monetary value well, you but, can put but on Barney, that. What did now I'm on pins and needles. I need to know exactly. <laughs> He's not going to say. He's he not going to say, say what he said. But I'll tell you. I'll yeah. tell you. I'll tell you what I think he said. He okay. said, because I learned something from you every time I see you. But I don't know. I'm just saying that because I'm I just profiler. expect he said because you're funny. I mean, well, <laughs> what else would he say? Because that, you're funny. I, 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 I would assume that that he's there, that he thinks I'm funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's but because he keeps but, coming. But anyway, I, I, okay. Well, I, met, I understand. I, met, I would keep right. that to myself too if I knew Robin Williams. Yeah. It's just well, some things are so powerful left unsaid. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. And they're, they're also, you know, it's a connection between two people. So I totally get it. And I, I met him once. Uh, it was in New York and I, I was hanging out at the China Club where my brother played a lot. It was on Broadway and, you know, 74th Street in Manhattan. And there's a few blocks up on Broadway. There's a diner that's open all night. So some of the times we would go afterwards and, you know, hang out and get some breakfast at the diner. And this time I walked up the street alone and it was the diner, the building that the diner was in was covered, you know, with those scaffoldings and it's all like, you know, all this work area and everything. Anyway, as I'm going in, you know, and you kind of have to go around these poles to get to the door. So as I'm going in, I grab the door, I see somebody's behind me. So I just step back and let him in. And, and he was wearing a hat, like you said, and a, and a hoodie actually. And, and, you know, he said, thank you. And, and then, you know, he walked in and then he let me go first. And I went and sat at the at the diner, to, you know, at the counter. And and he came and sat next to me. And two things I realized that night. First thing is that Robin Williams has the hairiest arms on ever, any yeah. human being I have ever met in my life. And the second thing, he was the nicest guy in the world. Just mm. very low key and just having a conversation. And we we got breakfast together. And just hung out for a little while and nobody knew who he was. Nobody, you know, was freaking out about him being there or anything. It was great. He was just himself, you know, going out to uh, to to a diner to get breakfast at three in the morning in Manhattan. It was it was a great experience. Just seeing him as a human being, you know, you can't um, give off. You can't like when you watch him act, if you watch that 
Uh, almost worse. final scene in uh, the Dead Poet Society where all the kids stand on the it's almost giving me chills right now. Yeah. And, the, and they, you know, uh, they they stamp their feet and they say that line that they made them rip out of that book. And you see Robin's face and you just say this is a a wonderful and complicated brilliant. real human being. Yeah. And brilliant actor, too. Brilliant. And you can't yeah. be unless you you can have that experience that Jim had with him at a diner. But, but Orny, remember when I said to you, uh, you know, pretty early on after I met you, you know, one of the, one of the things that I appreciate about you and your work is how much work it is to do what you do, because I see it. I know, I mean, for your brain to be acting that fast, I mean, to be calculating yeah. things and coming up with things, knowing, you know, okay, my pacing and what I have to say next and what I just got through and what's the crowd feel like and all this stuff is going on at the same time, but you handle it deftly and you never give away that. And like, mm -hmm. again, I, I feel like the most precious moments when you're on the stage or when when the audience really gets it, when you're really in the groove and, and you kind of like look down and smile to yourself because, you know, you're cracking yourself up. You're having a good time. And that makes everybody in the room have a good time. Well, I think it's, it, it's important to put it this way. It can be hard work and effortless at the same time. Mm. Which is so, interesting. Yeah, because it's a job that I love. So I enjoy the hard work, but it comes easy to me. But I have to do the work. Because so it's... Yeah, I think you let your subconscious take over and it. it's so much faster than your conscious mind. I think you trust your own gut instincts on what to say and what not to say and how to say it and all that. So that's the effortless part. It's really your brain working in hyperdrive, you know, using your subconscious. But at the same time, yeah, you did all the preparation. You know, you wrote all this well, stuff. You, yeah, I mean, you, like, like I'll have thoughts and I'll see something that I think is a unique angle into something that other people aren't seeing. And that's yeah. effortless. Then I have to put it, on a piece of paper or I have to put it into my phone and then I have to organize it. So that's where the work comes in. Yeah. yeah the but, delivery. Yeah. 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 But it's a unique so, way I mean, of looking at things. It is really great. And that's well, the, I'm hoping I'm I'm hoping that Jim, um, since this is the second holiday cheer episode, and I know that we have used up so much of Orny's precious time, I'm hoping we might have time for one more case to talk to Orny about before we let him go today? What do you think? Sure. Pick the best one, Jim. Well, I'll just... Although okay. apparently the cremains was pretty darn good. <laughs> it was. So police in Pico Rivera, California, had an easy time pinning a four-year-old murder on Anthony Garcia. That's because he pinned it on himself with an elaborate tattoo on his chest depicting the killing that they were trying to solve. Cops noticed the incriminating ink when taking Garcia's mugshot for a petty crime. The tattoo revealed all the details of the night from the Christmas lights and bent street lamp near the liquor store where the body was found to the image of an angry helicopter. I don't know why the, the helicopter was angry, but whatever. Garcia's <laughs> nickname. Oh, that's why. Because Garcia's nickname was Chopper. And he machine gun the victim and that wow. was in the tattoo so it's him with a machine gun shooting a guy outside this liquor store with christmas lights and a broken street lamp he has all that detail in it and basically the only person who knows that knew that was the actual offender 
this and the tattoo was, artist now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this was there was also a case when I was in the FBI, and uh, there was a case where uh, a a person was killed, and the ex husband of that person was a suspect for a minute, but then you know. They didn't really follow through. They didn't think he actually did anything. They didn't have any proof. And then a year, almost to the day of the murder, he, uh, the husband, um, was sitting in his room, in his home, and uh, his parents heard a pop go off, and they go rushing in, and he had just put a gun in his mouth and shot himself. It was a 22, and it went up and got lodged in his nose. And they took him to the hospital because he was bleeding from his nose. And, you know, he was fine otherwise. But the cop, a young cop, you know, decided, you know, I think I should at least find out what's going on, at least secure the weapon. So he asked the parents, can we? Can I go in there and get the gun? And they said yes. And when he does, he finds a literally a sketchbook opened up to the last sketch in the sketchbook, and it's a picture of the victim, and it is depicting the exact second of death. Because, you know, as somebody gets shot in the face, gases follow the bullet in, and so things can get expanded. And that's the last thing he drew before he stuck a gun in his mouth and pulled the trigger. Well, so far, this isn't funny. Go for it, Orny. Yeah, I don't. Uh, that's, that's how did you funny. link those two stories together? I thought that I thought the cop was going to do forensics on the bullet and notice it matches up to another crime or something. Yeah, no, same. he no. But he found this guy drew a picture of the moment of when he killed her. And he tried to kill himself and failed. Well, obviously, he's a complete idiot, but he's not nearly as bad as the tattoo artist who tattoos the entire murder scene on himself. What is that about? That is kind of stupid. Well, these people are very proud of these crimes. Like, I think if I committed a crime like that, I would probably want to spend the rest of my life trying to forget it. I would feel so (laughs) horrible. Or guilty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, there was a guy... Back in the days when pot was illegal, I remember a guy got busted for selling pot and he had a, a pot tattoo on his forehead. His forehead. So, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Or like yeah. I watch this show on these criminals that uh, they, they're it's a smuggling show on Nat Geo called like Border Patrol or something. And there was a guy that was, you know, a mule for drugs where they 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 uh, in, they put it in themselves, you know, anally or whatever. And, or they swallow it and then it comes out that way. Anyway, he was, they, they brought him back to like question this guy. He's wearing a shirt that says hi all the time. Like, is that the, sh- is that the shirt you're going to wear? Like, <laughs> to like smuggle talking- drugs? Yes. Like these people, I think they either want to get caught or they think they're so smart, they're so arrogant. Like I've said before, because of my association with the great Jim Clemente, the great <laughs> FBI profile, Jim Clemente, I'm sure now, Francis, because of my association with you, I'm going to start getting emails. <laughs> I believe <laughs> they'll be mean. That, Don't worry. Yeah. Criminals contact me to get to Jim to see if Jim can figure out if they're criminals or not. <laughs> I've already decided they're criminals. Well, so, I think you're a better profiler than I am. That's yeah, well, he's not a bad my profiler. Question, 
my question is, what was the how good did the tattoo look of the crime? Like it was it yeah. was it a was it good work? Was, good ink? They said it was it was very detailed and it was clear that it was on the night uh you know it's nighttime but it has christmas lights and then there was a basically a, a bent street lamp that somebody had crashed into and that's all in there so it's like the guy took a mental picture and he must have dro- drawn it out for this tattoo artist tattoo to copy and then tattoo all over his friggin chest well, and the tattoo artist must have been thinking well i wonder why i'm drawing a murder scene on this guy <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is well, crazy did he have any other crimes tattooed on his body? Yeah, good uh, question. Not, not that I know of, but we'll certainly check that I out. Wouldn't for put next, it past him at next this point, time Arnie. we have you back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, Arnie, I believe I think it's a great it's a great example that at your next show you should definitely be looking for people who are heavily tattooed in the front row because yeah. you know they might have some interesting stories to tell. Yeah. 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 If they're not Navy SEALs, they may be. <laughs> True. You know, machine gun chopper guys. Yeah, Who stay knows? away from the trident t- tattoos. That's never It's good. a scary world out there. That's it is. Right. But it's always better when you're around. That's all I can say, Horny. Yes, it is. Thanks, Jen. And, you're always so supportive. And, and, and. What's my name? And Francie. Yes, it's always thank you, great James. to see you. <laughs> Francie. Orny, thank uh, you so much for our holiday cheer double episode extravaganza this holiday <laughs> season. We really appreciate it. We really needed it. And I hope that our best case, worst case listeners and Patreon subscribers have a wonderful holiday season, a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, and everything happy else New about Year. the holiday. Happy New Year. Um, I hope you all. And before we go, real quick. Season. Yeah. yeah. Before we go, Orny, wh- where are you going to be after the yeah, holidays? Next. Like, are there any are there any dates you could tell well, us about? Yeah, I mean, I will be at the Chicago Improv in Schaumburg. Uh, I will also be in Tra- Traverse City, Michigan, playing a theater. Then wow. in February, I go to Sarasota, uh, Florida, which is these shows sell out. So you want to get these these tickets sooner than later. And then I think I'm on to a Teen Wolf convention. Oh, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for an Atlanta date. I was, you know, I was in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago doing a Teen Wolf convention. So, well, I mean, it, wolves, teens, Orny, and I do, I do stand I up at these seen. conventions too. Do so. you? Fantastic. Yeah. Well, listen. I mean, I'm getting older. You I don't want to get the on hair planes. for the Teen Wolf thing. I know, but I don't want to travel as much anymore. So what I want to do is create content and put it up on uh, social media and YouTube, and then people can watch me that way. It's just, it's flying is not well, like it used to be. I can tell you that. We go, no, it's definitely not. But before we go, tell us all the different social media channels where people can find you. Well, you can go to orneyadams.com and it has everything up there, but it's at Orny Adams, O-R-N-Y Adams, uh, Instagram, TikTok, uh, X, uh, whatever, Leaflet, whatever the, the, the uh, Facebook version of that is. And I'm on Facebook and YouTube and everything. I mean, it's it's right. if you can't find me, uh, either there's something wrong with you or something wrong with me. There you go. I think that's 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 a perfect line to end on. If you can't find Orny, there's something wrong with you or there's something <laughs> wrong with him. Anyway, thank you so much, Orny. It's always good to see you. And I had a great time this weekend. You really made me laugh a lot. And that, that's that's what I need. And 
you know, Francie needs it too. So I hope you're getting to to Atlanta at some time in the near future so she can catch a few laughs as well. For sure. Great. Thanks. All right. Well, thank you again to everybody for watching and listening to Best Case, Worst Case. Until next time, happy holidays. This is Best Case, Worst Case, signing off. Best Case, Worst Case is an XG production produced by Francie Hakes and Jim Clementi at Empire Studios, L.A. Engineered and edited by Matt Gergel. Music composed and performed by Simba Tsumba and hosted by Wondery. You can listen to Best Case, Worst Case on your favorite listening app. We are on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to do something about child sexual abuse, Darkness Delight can help. Did you know that more than 90% of the time children are sexually abused by someone they know? Jim, this isn't about stranger danger. It's about learning the true risks. Darkness to Light's training can help prevent, recognize, and react to child sexual abuse in your community. When you make the decision to get involved, kids can be protected. It starts with you. Visit www.d2l.org to take the training and learn more. That's d2l.org.